pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, a video game radio show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. Welcome. How are you guys? It's good to be back. We haven't done a show together for a while, have we? It's been a while since we were all in the same room. I was off last week, you were off the week before. Anne, uh, you've you've been soldiering on? I've been soldiering on. I'm always here. Although... Uh, I did put in my request a little while ago. Not request, demand for some time <laughs> off. I need to be free, Simon. Are you, uh, you, you, you need some holiday, do you? Yeah, um, I've accrued quite a lot, um, I think. <laughs> time in lieu. Yeah, so I'll be taking that in a couple of weeks. Are you? Will yeah. you? I will, actually, yes. Uh, as head of HR, it seems, the only one that ever turns up to anything, I will be taking time off. I think that's fine, but I'm head of recruitment and I'm looking forward to auditioning some uh, replacements. What are you doing? Uh, going to Oslo. Are you? Yeah. What for? Just a nice little holiday. See, it won't be nice. It's so expensive yeah, exactly. there. You'll think it's nice, and then they'll, they'll then you'll see the bill. It's fine. It's lovely though. It's a lovely, it's lovely. place. What what games companies are in Oslo? Hmm. I don't know. Listeners, what games? Well, I'm just wondering if you, if you can expense any of this. Oh yeah. Get it on the resonance yeah. dollar. <laughs> Yeah, I know that uh, they love it when we send our receipts in. They do send them back just with LOL written on them. That's weird. They do love us a lot. So, have you had a good week? Excellent week. Got over my cold, though I sneezed seven times before uh, I left work. So, probably not still Does that mean cold. anything? Don't know. Seven, sort of what, is it one but now Steve's like getting ill. Mm, I'm getting ill. Okay. But that's okay. How are you, Simon? I'm good, yeah, good. Nice oh, to see you both. Great. It's lovely, it's lovely to be back. <laughs> You'd think we'd have more to talk about, given that we're uh, okay. Reaching the end of the year. It's been a long year, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's going to be a long hour. What <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about? Thankfully, it's not just us here, though, is it? Thank goodness. Who have Luckily. we got, Simon? We've got Kirsten and John from Sidekick Books. Hello. Not Psychic Books. Nope. No, although people have made people have confused you with them before. Is there a psychic books? Are there a psychic books? We we don't know, but presumably they do. They they know <laughs> us. Have you made that joke before? No. <laughs> do make it again. It's wasted on one life left. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, why are you here? Um, we uh, recently um, published a collection of games poetry um, called Coin Opera Two. Fantastic. We know games poetry. We do, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah. But first, we'll start the show, as we always do, with Anne's News. It's 7.04 on Monday the 17th of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Ubisoft has come under fire following the less-than-perfect launch of Assassin's Creed Unity. The developer has set up a live blog covering the work it's doing to fix bugs in the game and the patches it's putting out. It's also made the decision to offer early access to some of its games in the future to avoid this happening again. Looks like Ubisoft is coming down Ubi hard on bugs and glitches. 
Doesn't early access make it worse? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, though, um, you could... Uh, what the point of that would be was like... But, guys, you should have seen what Assassin's Creed was like ages ago. Like, it was rubbish. It used to be so just now, a blank screen. Exactly. So now the fact it's just awful, you know, you should be celebrating. What a ridiculous thing. Um, interesting this, though, of course. It's gone in at number one, hasn't yeah. it? Charted today at number one in the yeah. old charts. It's done well. It's done well, hasn't it? Despite the fact that uh, no one was allowed to review it. I mean, presumably because it was so so mm. awful. Is that, uh, that's not normal, is it? To have a review embargo after release it's date? It's currently not normal. You currently. Can't. No, no, it's currently not. But, you know, like, they got in at number one and, you know. But what's the point? Like, well, actually, before uh, before it's launched, shouldn't it be a preview? So, basically, they just said no previews. No, they they, they uh, gave out uh, fi- finished code, which, is, which obviously isn't finished yet, but uh, code that they shipped and said that people couldn't publish reviews, couldn't score it until um, the afternoon that it was out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it still goes in at number one. So what does this prove? People just really like that game and will keep buying that game regardless of whatever. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that'll, that'll work for all other games. I, I bet you see more people try it. Okay. I've seen some uh, game sites. Like <laughs> <laughs> Loads. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't Kotaku pulled away from the idea of doing reviews um, up until, you know, maybe weeks after the release date? Recently? Yeah. I, I mean, Polygon tried something interesting, didn't they, where they kept um, adjusting their score depending on what the game was currently like. <laughs> <laughs> how they feel when they get up in the morning. Well, this is it. Well, because they were caught out by the SimCity reviews, weren't they, where yeah. um, their scores they were like, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. And then people went, well, hang on, it doesn't work. And they went, oh, no, it doesn't work. It's bad. Um, yeah, so I think people are changing their policies and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think what is going to have to happen is that it would be great if the press can get agreements from any publishers that intend to set embargoes very early on so that they can adapt their coverage according to it. I think the problem with Assassin's Creed is that everybody covered it as if things were going to be as normal. So they previewed it and said, oh, it's looking great. And then all of a sudden they went, well, hang on a minute, you can't actually <laughs> review it until the afternoon it's out. And they went, oh, but our hands are tied. And then you get the other situation where um, video gamers um, who are making a habit of this brilliantly are, because uh, like, apparently they appear to be blacklisted by several publishers. They're going out and getting code elsewhere from mm-hmm. retailers that are shipping it early. And then they're putting their reviews up and then and then what's been doubly interesting is that you've got members of the public going, well, our video game are bad because they're breaking an embargo. You know, you can't have an embargo you've not signed up to. And yeah, well, it's, it's just a mess. I remember an occasion um, back in the day at Edge magazine when Edge was blacklisted by oh, a publisher. Yeah. Who was it? I think uh, you probably say now, can't you? I'm, I'm not going to say. Mime it. What, what colour <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah, go on. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so Edge was blacklisted by a publisher, uh, but every other magazine in the building wasn't. Right. So they just got code. So all the, all that we did was wait until everyone had gone home and went and got the uh, got the code from other magazines' desks. That's why you were paid the big bucks, wasn't it? <laughs> Sony has announced PlayStation View, a new cloud-based TV service. The service, which is to be launched in beta this month, will combine live, on-demand and catch-up TV. It will be a magical thing that will recommend you movies and let you watch TV that was on TV three days ago. Sony hasn't announced the price yet, but has said that Uh, that following its launch on PlayStations 3 and 4, it'll be available on iPads and other Sony and non-Sony devices. If you're hoping to do some extra reading around the subject, please be aware that Sony has spelled the word VUE as V-U-E. V-U-E. Wait, that's the name of that cinema cinema, chain, isn't it? I think it's bad when companies do that because I have to spend most of the time explaining what it's... Well, we're not that... Mm. Which, yeah, which is the least of their problems, isn't it? Because, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I really do need more ways to watch uh, EastEnders, <laughs> don't you? Super important. Yeah. You can watch it for three three days afterwards, no, like, hassle whatsoever. If you tag a programme, you can watch it for, like, 20 days. 28 days afterwards right. it's, it's like it sounds magic and so it's going to suggest things to you it's basically going to become that. a friend I, don't, I just watch EastEnders <laughs> and The Walking Dead do uh, you watch EastEnders? I do watch EastEnders. What did you think of the uh, the Children in Need? Oh, stuff? now I accidentally caught some of that over the weekend, and uh, yeah, I, I turned it off immediately. I right. don't, you know, I want my drama to be uh, well. I, I don't want to see say you don't want charity in your drama. Well, no, but you know, in EastEnders, uh, um, Alfie doesn't mm-hmm. jump on a car and do grease lightning. As far as I'm aware, I mean, I've not seen it. I've not seen this week, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's the case. But um, yeah, but presumably, given that iPlayer and 4OD and ITV Player are already on PlayStation, this is going to supplement that. Sony already sell movies. Yeah. Um, 
How does it work? What is it? I don't well, it understand. feels like they're going to put all of those things, but just in one place. And like for the different regions that you're in, you're going to get different um, uh, channels available to you. So obviously America will get all of the American channels. But it's already in one place. It's already in a little bit. And it's also on your pl- yeah, it's already on your PlayStation. I don't understand. But that. it's they they seem to like be highlighting that it was definitely uh, through Sony interface, right. through a PlayStation interface, and but, you can use but your. But so is iPlayer. Yeah. I mean, Simon, they just want to broaden the appeal of the PlayStation Four. Okay. That's uh, what they. Kirsten, what rhymes with uh, broaden the appeal of PlayStation Four? <laughs> 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 Do you guys watch t- is, is this important to you on your consoles? Well, I've only got a 3DS 4. at the moment. Have you? No, no, and, no. That, and that's lacking, isn't it? Can you watch EastEnders on your 3DS? Mm, no. I, I, I can watch cutscenes from, from games that are, have, have about the same sort of narrative quality of, as EastEnders. Uh, so high. Okay, yeah. Well, they'll, it'd be difficult. If you, if you put EastEnders on your 3DS, you'd be... Shane Richard be poking your eye when he's doing grease lighting. <laughs> Video games are continuing to help with medical problems. Long-time cluster migraine sufferer Nick from off of Reddit has found that when the drugs he takes to manage his pain don't work, one of the things that will help him is playing games. Not all games, however, but The Witcher 2 is one of them. He wrote to the developer to thank them, and in return they turned him into an NPC in The Witcher 3. Another lovely and heartwarming story. Soon the government is going to shut down all the doctors and insist everyone play healing therapeutic video games every day. Wait, isn't the witch of the sexy one? It is, yeah. Where the NPCs have their tops off. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> don't pretend you don't know. I can <laughs> see you just <laughs> scrolling through a Tumblr then. <laughs> it what? is, yeah. Uh, do you think he... What, what, did they ask his, his permission? Yeah, they asked him to send a picture of himself. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, we I, gave that up years ago. Send <laughs> me over a little picture. Sorry, who are you? Oh, could I? Yeah, just... Right, yeah, we will correspond with also, you. Also... You don't need to do that anymore because when people email, you can see what they look like mm, on their what? Google circles. Yeah. But not with their tops off. Oh, that's true. <laughs> do you think they asked him for that? I mean, I've seen the NPCs and they don't have their top off, but I don't know. Maybe in game there's a an NPC thing where you, like, maybe he's, he's just... Don't pretend there. you've not played it, Anne. All, all he does is just take his top off. That's it. Right. Um, I mean, that's not true. <laughs> it, it, it is nice to know that um, the basis for a new story now just has to be one person. What's happened to one person? <laughs> well, it's what we did last week. I thought yeah, I'm we... following a th- I'm following a theme of um, PR led medical based stories. So, do you think that was PR led? Then, so do you think he had he got migraines? Yeah, I think that that's true. Okay, but I think that uh, the developer, whilst being lovely, was also you know, for cynical reasons. got the smarts. They okay. got the smarts. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you like? The, is this for The Witcher Three? Yeah. Do you like look of it, the look of it? I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. But if I ever get a headache, I know what I'll be playing. Right. Everybody batten down the hatches. A North American World of Warcraft server has been the subject of a DDoS attack. The attack was bad enough for Blizzard to acknowledge it on its forum. The origin of the attack appears to be in China. Some players, fed up of waiting, appear to have started petitioning the American government for aid. This seems totally reasonable and is something One Life Left intends to do next time it is kept waiting on the phone to the bank listening to tinny versions of Brian Adams' songs. I.e. Brian Adams songs. What? Sorry. Just, <laughs> just any Brian Adams song. A little version of it. World of Warcraft is still a going concern. Apparently so. Do you, do you, do you think they're going to get money off the American government? Uh, no. Well, actually, when I clicked uh, on the link for the petition, it had been taken down. Is this, <laughs> is this one of those class action things where they go, you're making me sad. I'm going to get together with all the other people who are sad and we're going to get some money. Yeah, it was like 200 of them did right, it. Right, OK. That's so not a lot like, of sadness. Yeah, but, you know, it's good to know that you've got other people around you feeling the same as you. Mm. I mean, I don't know much about this story at all. I'm not American. I don't play World of Warcraft. So this Have is, you, I mean, I've not written it for you. OK. I mean, do you, do you expect me to comment? Do, yeah, totally. Why don't you ask them over there? <laughs> Guys, you We're play, not American. <laughs> do you play World of Warcraft? No. No one does. Apparently no one does. Yeah, but do you a know lot anybody of people that does? do. Uh, I know someone that plays... You don't so know them because no. they're playing World of Warcraft yes. all the time. They're, they're indoors. Yeah. I told you about that uh, ages ago. My friend uh, who has... Expect me had to keep a, track of all our conversations. Had a boyfriend who would only talk to her through uh, World of Warcraft. They broke up. Did they? Yeah, through, <laughs> through World of Warcraft. I imagine. When they're so in the same bad. room. D- different rooms. <laughs> if they'd have broken up in The Witcher, one of them would appear as an NPC. <laughs> well, both of them would. <laughs> and they wouldn't Please talk put to me each in other. Your game. I'm just so sad. Off. So sad. I like the idea of dueling to break up. <laughs> 
finally, Bioware has opened its doors for everyone to have a poke around. In a virtual sense, of course, they don't want your actual sticky fingers messing up their desks. The Edmonton-based developer is now available to view on Google Maps and an interior walkabout made using photos taken in August this year. You can look at all of the interesting things, like the walls and the kitchen. While we're sure they will have taken, uh, been very careful to hide anything sensitive, this has the potential to turn into a Where's Wally for game secrets. How'd you get Bioware on a bus? Pokemon. Poke around. Uh, oh, oh, good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't work. Or you could have said Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> that would have worked too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it, Anne. Jokes right. Uh, now, I, I felt this was uh, a PR-led story because Dragon Age Inquisition is out on Friday. Ah. Uh, and so, yeah. Now that's another sexy game, isn't it? Apparently so. I've not played one or two. Yeah, of course you haven't. Too busy playing The Witcher too. <laughs> with, with my bottoms off. Um, did you did you go around Bioware's offices in Google nah. Maps? I did. Did you? No. <laughs> it was just. I thought, yeah, I was walking through the kitchen and then uh, looking at where the people were and then seeing if you could see anything. And I was like, well, of course you're not going to. They like they would have hidden everything, wouldn't they? Could you see anything? Couldn't see Doctor Zeg- Greg Zestchuk though, could I? <laughs> oh no. Why? Because he's not there anymore. Exactly. Where is he? He's is making he- wine, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He was outside, rolling around <laughs> with a bottle. <laughs> Let me back in. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a nice idea. I mean, you know, hopefully. Do you think we should do something like that for um, for the studio? Or for our office? Yeah. Just take a, put it on Google Maps. Let's put the studios on Google Maps. Well, how do, yeah, how do you get stuff on Google Maps? It's probably a selfie stick thing, isn't it? Just spin it around. Well, yeah, we can do that. Hmm. Perfect. Actually, we could do one of those 360 photo things, couldn't we? And yeah. then you could watch it in Google, oh, yeah, Google Cardboard. Panoramic. Google, yeah, yeah. Google Cardboard. Yeah. And be like, people were here. would be so cool. Mm. We'd be in the future. Do you remember Whilst when... actually in the present. Yeah. No, how do you get it into Google? Do you just send it to them? You, you, <laughs> you put it in a box. Pokemon. Say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scamford-Berry. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and this is Hurricane... No, Hurry Game Boy. Eyes closed, fingers crossed. It's from chipmusic.org and it is fantastic. We've got some amazing music coming up on the show today and some features as well and... Other things, we'll be chatting about uh, our event on Wednesday. We might be chatting about other things we're doing this year. And also, we're going to be talking to our guests. Kirsten, John, what are you doing on Wednesday? Wednesday... Um, I think it's free. Is it Working. free? Is it, it free? Are you, are you on Facebook? Oh, yes. Yeah. Face- Facebook. As an individual <laughs> account. So yes. Um, if, you, uh, if you search for hashtag Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, we're, um, we're going to be in a pub in uh, Dalston. You'll note that this, this, this Wednesday is not on a thir- Thursday. Uh, that's a branding issue. <laughs> <laughs> but... We couldn't be avoided. So uh, generally, we hold these events at the third Thursday of every month. Our Marioki nights, oh. where oh, we where we rewrite pop songs to be about video games and then sing them. We'll have 150 songs. 150. Whoa. We won't be singing them all. It's not enough time. Are they all as good as that pun? Uh, no, they're no. often better. Yeah. That pun was by Simon Parkin. We couldn't work out no. what it was going to be called. We we sought help from the New Yorker, and, and, and this was four years after we started doing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
working on it for four years and then Parco came through with Marioki. Uh, but yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, it's our last free event of the year. It's on Wednesday night at 7pm uh, we start. We'll hand out the song list. You can pick a song and sing along with us. Are, are you definitely going to come? Mm, free, definitely. Yeah? Um, yeah. I, lo- I freaking love puns to start with. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, it's going to be karaoke. Yeah, right, good. I mean, we, we have had guests who've said that before on air, and then bullied by us, and then not shown up. Yeah, do you have that list? We, 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 we yes, well, it is the list. We have a, you know, we have now a Google Doc called the list, <laughs> and there are names on that list, and you can be on that list too, if you don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, if you do come, uh, sorry, when you're there, we surely could expect a great performance from you, because if you're doing poet, video game poetry, mm-hmm. singing must come naturally, or standing on stage and. Oh, we were in well, a band together. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good. So tell us about your video game uh, poetry. Uh, well, uh, we kickstarted uh, this book last year. We got uh, we raised money for it um, on Kickstarter. Um, were you going to say something? Sorry. It's... The hands. Ah, oh, the hands. <laughs> sorry. Very expressive. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I exactly. do gesticulate a lot. That's what you do on stage in, with, uh, with, your, with your poetry. She right. gesticulate and throw them everywhere. Um it's it's a book of um, of poetry by various poets um, from the UK and a couple from from the US and and, and they're I mean they're sort of prize winning poets some of them they're they're you know real poets from the poetry scene that we contacted and said do you want to write about video games some of them are gamers themselves uh, others are, are not gamers but we said would you you know would you explore this subject matter and and uh, some of them we, actually like specifically bought the game to to try wow. it wow before yeah. they wrote so, the game uh, so poem. how did the idea come about then before the before the kickstart and all that had you been involved in poetry video game poetry before or? well we're both we're both poets and actually when we when we started sidekick books the um the first um the first thing we did was was a smaller book of, of video game poetry, just because it's something we're both interested in. The idea of the press was to not just do sort of single author collections, but to do uh, anthologies of poetry about uh, about subjects that um, that we were interested in, other people might be interested in. So that you're not just sort of buying a book by the latest poet, but um, but uh, you know a book about something like like computer games that you're interested in. And this is the sort of bumper sequel uh, to that. It's called Coiner Pro Two: uh, Fulminari's Revenge. By the way, Dr. Fulminari is our fictional boss. Okay. Yes, the editor of Psychic Books is a he's a mad alchemist who likes to to mush things together that some people might think don't belong together, like video games and poetry. Right. And so, um, how has, when you set about contacting people, did you have a hit list of people that you wanted to get involved in? Did they all sort of jump at the chance? Or we know a lot of poets, uh, but also um, we just we just contacted some uh, some people out of the blue. Uh, Don Patson is like a. a Famous Scottish poet, well, famous in poetry circles. We we heard that he said in a in a conference at some point they liked Bioshock, so we managed to sort of wangle his email out of someone. He did and, not play. And, and wrote to him and said, "Would, would you write us a Bioshock uh, poem, Don?" He said he didn't think there was a poem in it, um, so we both wrote Bioshock poems of our own. Um, exactly <laughs> shows you, Don. And, and do you know if he's read it? I don't know. Frankly, I doubt it. Too busy publishing Kate Tempest. He'll be, f- be furious when he uh, mm. or when he hears that. Um, so uh, you left the subject matter free for the um, for the authors to choose. Uh, what so what sort of things did they did they pick? Oh, I mean everything. If it was getting too a bit too kind of nostalgic, we tried to get some people in to do to do something something a bit modern. We've got a few of Ross Sutherland's Street Fighter sonnets, uh, ones on Ryu Ken and Blanca. Um, Joe Dunthorne, who's the author of Submarine, um, did, uh, did Sonic. Uh, he didn't do no. He didn't do oh, no, Sonic. Sorry, it's Phil Brown did Sonic. Phil Brown did Sonic. He did Prince um, of Persia. Cool. Uh, Matt Hay did Thirteenth Colossus. Joe um, uh, Joe did Prince of per- the original Prince of Persia, but also uh, did a, a poem on Kratos um, as well. And we got we got some two player poems in there as well, where we uh, we got two poets and sort of invented rules that are based on uh, genres. Of games and uh, and and got them to sort of uh, write the poems together in a kind of face-off right. thing. So Kirsty was paired with a with a poet called Abigail Parry, and and they did a they did poems based on a sort of beat 'em up idea where they'd write a, a couplet each, and then your response couplet was meant to be a sort of a block and counter move right. by uh, verbing all the nouns. Was it or uh, nouning all the verbs? Nouning all the verbs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Kickstarter campaign then uh, was clearly a success. How much how much uh, of your goal did you go? 
oh we got we got all the goal and it was um uh, it was uh, what was it it was it was 1500 half the print costs okay print, yeah print run was going to be around about the three grand mark so uh, we asked for 1500 and it went sort of just over brilliant so. It's really, really nice. And it's out now, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's available from our from our website, uh, drfulminari.com. Um, uh, it's also you can order it through through bookshops. So you can just if you just search for Psychic Books or Coin Opera Two, it'll it'll come up and you'll be able to order it. And what's the the reception been? Sort of both in the in the game world and in the in the poetry world. How have people responded to it? Well, uh, we sell a lot of books um, through sort of doing uh, stalls at. Um, at uh, book fairs and things like that. Kieran what, Gillen does that sort of thing, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yes. He, he did the. Did <laughs> he? Kieran Gillen did the forward to. Wow. Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> he gets everywhere before we do. <laughs> You're doing a podcast with him. <laughs> So, <laughs> some of uh, some of the best poems, some of my personal favourite poems in the book were written by his wife Chrissy Williams, who yep. used to be oh. video game journalist, friend gamer. Right. <sighs> Hashtag Gamergate. Exactly. <laughs> Nepotism in the so, video game poems. So, and in, <laughs> yeah. in terms of reaction, what you get at the book fairs occasionally is people sort of wandering idly around, and 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 then their eyes fall on it, and uh, and. They uh, they say I've got to, I've got to rush out and and get some money after the bank to buy this. Excellent. <laughs> it's a very nice looking book, isn't it? Um, the art on the front is good. What? Who did that? That I, I did that. Although it actually comes in two colours, we did it like a Whoa. Pokemon Black and White edition. So oh. there's a, a white edition Excellent. as well with art by my by uh, by my brother um, Mike Stone, and this this one was by me. Uh, this version I'm showing you actually you can't see it on the radio, but the um, it's got it's got this uh, this uh, hot foiling, but it, it, I've got an adi- I've got a particular edition they sent that. Um, where it's slightly off, so that should all line up. Worth more. You can't see. <laughs> Very yes. rare. Um, are you going to give us some examples? Sure. Yeah. I mean, what I thought I'd do is um, just to just to quickly start off is one of, one of the extras we did um, for people who backed us on Kickstarter at a higher level was an extra booklet called Super Treasure Arcade, where um, I did a micro poem for a game from every year from um, 1971 when Galaxy Game was installed at Stanford University in California all the way to... Um, also, that was the year I was born, so... Yeah. Important, <laughs> really. So, did you, so um, what I'm asking is, am I included? Because I am in the Sensible Software book. <laughs> so did I make the... <laughs> Not by name. <laughs> oh, is it just, just by inference? <laughs> so it goes up to 2013 and, um, and Gunpoint. But okay. um, sh- shout out a year between those and I'll, do, I'll read 1985. the 1985. 1985, where, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Okay. In bed, Carmen smokes a red cigarette, claws for her red knickers, leaves reedy red marks across your back. The dawn is meat red, and there is even beauty in how she stokes the cabin fire to red sparks, her hair slightly sooty. See that is that is touching and emotive. I mean, I wouldn't say it was quite as touching and emotive as One Life Left's version of of Message in a Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Message in a, How does it go? Uh, message in a Bottle, uh, which is oh, again yeah. about Carmen Sandiego. Mm, yeah. But you know, it's a strong second place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to hear that. Oh, you Go will on. do yeah, well, on, on, Wednesday. on Wednesday. You can <laughs> sing it, make yes. it your own. Uh, what about 2001? 2001 is, uh, is Halo. A kind of tilling, this carving up alien land with bullets and tyres. We untangle outposts and nests with gentle razors. You sweep a loose hair from your visor. Such thrilling angle of dawn spill. Just over there. Again, punchy and strong. Yep. I mean, <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost as evocative as One Life Left's Marioki <laughs> version of Lionel Richie's Hello, oh. <laughs> which you can hear this Wednesday <laughs> at the loading bar. Pick a year. Uh, I'll go for. See, you've got to go. Come on. You've got to. Well, no, but let's think about what game it could be because we want three out of three for because <laughs> like this is the eight mile equivalent of you're doing poetry and we're doing <laughs> karaoke back at you. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, no, 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 I, th- no, I think higher. I think I think, uh, hi- I think you have to go higher. Really higher than two thousand one, I think. So I'll go for two thousand and five. Two thousand and five, Psychonauts. <laughs> have we got Psychonauts? Uh, 2006. 2006. <laughs> Dreamfall. 2007. 2007 is Bioshock. We do. Oh, we do. We yes, do. We do. All right. <laughs> Bioshock. It is then. 
Drown me in your well-deep eye, in my iron vanity, in armour of opulence. Oh, drown me in my squandered body, in gene sea and blood glamour. Oh, tomorrow, today. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not quite as catchy as. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, uh, don't do yourself down. I, I think that was really good. I just, I would recommend you uh, come to the loading bar in Dalston mm-hmm. on Wednesday and request One Life Left's version, Marioki version of mm-hmm. Billy Idol's White Wedding. <laughs> it's a nice day for Ryan Getting. It's a nice day to find Fontaine. Uh... <laughs> That's brilliant. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Just remind us again where we can pick the the book up. So uh, you can buy it directly from our website, which is um, www.drfulmanare.com. That's D-R-F-U-L-M-I-N-A-R-E.com. I don't know why we picked such a complicated URL, but we did. Couldn't get the uh, domain name. If, if that's if that's too hard, just Google Psychic Books and you can buy it from our site. Or you can order it through through bookshops. It's called Coin Opera 2 Fulmanare's Revenge. Excellent. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. We have had an exclusive interview this week with the character comedian Parappa Laughs. The self-proclaimed dog's dog has been under pressure over his sexist and offensive act, with his TV show recently being axed. Numerous venues have also pulled out from hosting his tour after local protests. The final blow was when he made disgusting comments to a sheep who was at his most recent gig. What he said to Um Lama Jammy is too upsetting to repeat during this broadcast, but the public reaction to it has caused Parapalafs to officially retire his character. Apparently, Parapalafs has decided to move out of comedy and into a less sexist and offensive area, so he's going to become a hip-hop rapper with an onion for a sensei. If the onion peels itself, then his eyes will get proper moist. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you very much for your letters this week. Um, we're gonna, we've got lots to do, so we'll crack on with them. Uh, first one's quite a short one. It's from Thomas Krillfelt, and he writes, What do you get if you step in a muddy puddle? Pokemon. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, it's Dark Souls, of course. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, that made me smile. Good. Made me Thomas. smile. Well done. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I'm currently in a bit it's of a radio pickle. show, by the way. I mean, it's a radio show and podcast, so maybe he just listens on the podcast. Yeah, but it's a radio Steve, show. Steve, Steve, come on. Look. He's written to us. Look. <laughs> we have one thing that makes us special. It's not even that special. Uh, I'm currently in a bit of a pickle. I have a big pile of shame that I want to get out of the way, or at least make a, uh, make a dent on, before Smash Brothers comes out. It will consume me. Any of these I can skip or put to the bottom of the pile. Right, I'm going to need you to answer um, after them. I'm currently playing uh, Skyward Sword and Fire Emblem Awakening. But have Bayonetta 1 and 2. Skip it. Skip, yeah. Punch Out Wii. Skip it. Xenoblade Chronicles. Skip it. Skip it. Wind Waker HD. Skip it. I mean, like, at this point, I'd say buy a PlayStation. <laughs> uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Skip it. Uh, no, apparently that's quite good. Uh, and it, and oh, know, I thought we were just doing a skip okay. it thing. <laughs> but, uh, only, but only play it with the, with the special stand that it comes with. Uh, and Luigi's Mansion 2. That's good up until the last hour. Yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoyed uh, Wind Waker as well. Yeah, uh, at the time, so definitely play that. Yeah, don't buy a PlayStation. Stick with those. Uh, And that is from Andrew. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. Hello, team and super special guest and other Simon. Hello, other Simon. Other Simon is here, by the way. Hey. You uh, you became in charge of things earlier, didn't you? Yes. How's that going? Good. I, I, I like things? that we're going to have a sort of ongoing background narrative exactly. that by the end of this series, he'll be, he'll be, be running, running residence yeah. and we'll get fired. Anyway, I've been playing a lot of The Binding of Isaac Rebirth recently, writes Henry Barnes. I've also been thinking a lot about the arrival of my first kid in January. Oh, that's awkward. Well, I love the game. I don't want to play it much longer. I don't think a video game can make me chase my son into a poo-infested <laughs> hell dungeon. But I'll probably stop playing it soon, just to be sure. What game best describes parenting as you've experienced it? Are there any essential games out there for parents to be? Thanks for the show. Hen. Simon, this is a question for you, isn't it? 
That's a bit of a deep question. I mean, obviously, Barney Vizak is uh, one for things to avoid, certainly. Um, for best Octodad. I've not played that. <laughs> oh, it's very poignant. Are, are you a parent? You're you're a dad who's an octopus. I am. And you're uh, well, you are an you play a dad <laughs> who's an octopus. Never proved. <laughs> your kids don't know you're an octopus. Your wife doesn't know you're an octopus. Okay. Um, you have to keep it concealed from them by not acting too much like an octopus. That's right. This doesn't sound like the game I imagined it to be at all. Is that actually what it's like? It's well, a really good metaphor for huh? feeling like a complete failure as a father. Right. Yeah, I'd recommend that. <laughs> I think everybody's just muddling through. Um, yeah, but uh, keep 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 the games on the Vita. That's what because then when you know through the early stages when you're trying to get your baby to sleep, you can rock it whilst playing a portable console. Difficult with the 3DS unless you turn the 3D down. I'd, I'd guess. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Anybody else got anything to add? Just wait until they're old enough to play games with them. <laughs> that's ages though. Is it? Yeah, I mean, how if you old like do games... they have to be before you can? Well, Simon, apparently, <laughs> all the time. So yeah, Dex is just playing Minecraft uh, and Lego Batman Three at the moment. Okay, how old is he? Playing Minecraft Six. I know. I, he just tells me about it and tells me about how he's friends with Stampy Longnose and all that. <laughs> just like it's, it's six, and it's like you already know stuff I don't. Uh, like it'll be seven before he's telling me what to do and sending me to my room. I, I imagine. <laughs> John. Okay, I've got a, I've got an email from Robert Wells. Hey there, one life left, and your lovely super special guest. On Saturday, I went to the Elephant Castle Mini Maker Fair, as well as the usual display of 3D printers. Two things jumped out at me. HD My Boy is a hardware addition to the original Game Boy, which gives it an HDMI output for playing Tetris and Pokemon Red on your massive flat screen. In one room, Fakebit Polytechnic were demonstrating how you can use Guitar Hero and Rock Band controllers to make real music. They were also running workshops where you could bring them a games controller and they would help you make it work as an interface. Have you ever diddled with your hardware? Well... (laughs) Used your controller for something it wasn't meant to do? (laughs) Soldered a cable where there was never meant to be a cable? (laughs) I'm currently trying to use a Wiimote with Windows to play shooting games in MAME, but I haven't got the speed and accuracy where they need to be. Hail Eris, Robert. What a life he leads, doesn't he? (laughs) Uh, what, well, you were welling a lot there, Anne. Oh, no, I was just, like, doing the thing. You know where you, like, pretend that what it, it means something else? Right. I was doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never, ever changed... Like, why would you invalidate the warranty, Steve? It Good makes question. no sense. Um, I ordered to... I remember I was going to hardware, hardware mod the original Game Boy Advance. It's, it's, this is what I did. Right, ordered some kits yeah. from the internet to light the screen up. Got them, took one look at them and thought... Not doing that. Yeah. I, I should have stopped that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a soldering iron and just ruined my Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and then of course they announced a, a version that had a light in it. Mm. I I wanted to do some music stuff with the original Game Boy and thought about doing the same and then paid a man to do it well, for me. It worked properly. So apparently it is doable, just not by. But now you have a soldering iron, so that you know that's something. That's true. Mm. Uh, so yeah, sorry we uh, we failed you, Robert Wells. Kirsten. Uh, okay, I've got one from Lawrence Weir. Dear team and super special guest, a couple of years ago I would devote a large portion of my free time to playing my Xbox 360. However, in the last year or so, life commitments have led me to only playing casual games, e.g. Candy Crush, on my iPhone or iPad. The pick up and put down style of play has just made it easier to fit in with everything else. However, this means I may have missed out on some experiences like Grand Theft Auto V and The Last of Us. As Christmas approaches, I'm wondering whether to plunge myself back into the fray by picking up a PS4, especially as I can play those games I've missed. However, I'm wondering if I can ever go back. Will my mind just not tolerate these last spells of gameplay? Is my youth finally over? Should I just give up and wait for my free bus pass? Yeah, love the show. (laughs) That's heavy. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is out tomorrow. I'm incredibly excited for it. Right. I Have you not played it already? Yes, but okay. you can play it in first person. Well then. <laughs> I know. I think the answer is definitely get um, a PlayStation 4, I think. Uh, not because One Life Left officially endorses the PlayStation 4, but I've found that as I've got older, I've had less and less time to play the bigger games like GTA. 
and uh, the games that are available on the PS4 fit very very well around my gaming habits now the smaller games and add to the fact that I've got a Vita as well which again suits that sort of thing plus the PlayStation Network subscription thing gives me three games a month and I get to dip into them all for the how much is it a year 60 40 pounds 40 quid something like that which is just absolutely perfect for me it's a really really good way to get back in to this ecosystem as well because it tells you what to play so you don't even have to make a decision which I, I don't like deciding things I, and I, I think crucially with uh, something like PlayStation 4 although I think Xbox does it as well is that you can be, you can stop playing whenever you want mm. you can just push the play, PlayStation button and then uh, resi- as long as you keep it on what are these games consoles that force you to carry on <laughs> carry on forever well oh, say in the old days yeah, old no, days trying to find a safe point yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I see yeah um, it was kind of like a thing that you could afford to do and was actually quite useful to you as a teenager because you're like oh well, I'm just gonna, just gonna find the save point and then I'm then yeah. I'm done whereas yeah this is PSN games are great for me it's basically most of what I play these days games that are two or three hours long are perfect yeah I completely agree of course and then you can remote play as well can't mm. you in bed so yeah what's uh, you've got any advice Anne um, yeah, you are getting older, but we all are, so, you know, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your letters. Ben Hall, sorry we couldn't read your uh, Mariochi um, admin out, but uh, the answer's yes. So once again, I'm here to regale you with tales of game shops long gone, hopefully stirring some warm nostalgic feelings among listeners for the ones they miss. Anyway, this week I'm going to talk about Microbyte, which is a fairly small establishment a tunneling layout and decidedly green in colour. This came into being just slightly before the Mega Drive and was probably Doncaster's biggest player in the 16-bit console market, well not completely over 8-bit games. If it had, I probably wouldn't have gone in. One thing that kept me going in was that it had a Mr. Do arcade machine which I really rather loved playing, again school dinner money being put to good use there. Another was seeing the exciting Mega Drive game demos or track screens or whatever you want to call them. Sometimes if you were lucky you could actually get a go if you waited long enough and the controller was out. There were obviously huge numbers of kids wanting to have a go. The game I remember most significantly is the Killing Game Show. If I remember rightly it was retitled Fatal Rewind here so it must have been a super cool and edgy import. Certainly felt like I'd stumbled upon an exciting video nasty or something. The final most interesting thing is that I had a free games magazine available in store called Freebind, and later Freestyle. It was about A3 size and probably around 30 pages. Rated games from bronze to gold, presumably bronze was the equivalent of 73%. They did stress though that even if games weren't featured in what ultimately amounts to a long series of adverts, they were probably still worth buying, but they didn't have time to review them. It was a pleasant enough read, and it rated Spectrum Game Chase HQ far higher than the Atari ST version, which pleased me no end. The shop disappeared before the PlayStation came on the market, and its place is now a pub. Quite a nice one, actually. Anyway, join me, Derek Williams, for more free market economy nostalgia next time. And also thanks to Nicky Never of Terrorbird for playing the Core Poly 6 on this track. Take a listen to her music at terrorbird.bandcamp.com. did you just say to me when this song kicked in? <laughs> what did you been drinking? Yeah, uh, it's all gone What's bit, going on? We're having a party. It's all it's a bit, bit bang uh, isn't it? <laughs> Get out your glow sticks, Simon. Okay. Don't really. This no. isn't this isn't The Witcher. Um <laughs> so, What do you think a glow stick is? <laughs> <laughs> let, let me turn that around. What do you think a glow stick is? 
12. Oh, we're having a nice time today, aren't we? Yes. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. We talk about video games. And we're going out all over London. Yeah, we really are going out right now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Wednesday night is the last third day of the year. It's on a Wednesday, so hopefully you will come to that. Hopefully you guys will come to that. Yep. I think we've confirmed confirmed that as a yes. Excellent. I mean, once you've said yes three times, <laughs> yeah. legally we that's binding, exactly. and we do have three lawyers. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. yeah. But it isn't going to be our last event of the year, is what? it? What? Mm. Oh, I was looking forward to it. Kicking back. Yeah, uh, but by um, Kirsten John, uh, we're pretending now, uh, we, Anne and I, because we do know. Because we do actually know what's happening. Really? Sometimes to build the narrative, you have to kind of act. And you know, performance. I, you know about performance. Just, yeah. just a yeah. 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 <laughs> Really? We've got something else to do this year. <laughs> Tell us more, Steve. We are going to be doing what One Life Left does every year, and that's throw the best party of your lives at Christmas. So we're going to have a Christmas party. Yes, are we? Uh, we are definitely. <laughs> are, we? <laughs> are we? Is it Christmas? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a Christmas party. Uh, on a Thursday. day. On a Thursday. But, it is th- <laughs> as is traditional, <laughs> our branding doesn't exactly fit with this. Okay. We're actually going to be holding it on a Friday. Friday. A fri- Friday. Friday. Friday, the 19th of Friday. December. Write that down. The 19th of December. Yeah. Friday. And, um, and it's not just going to be us, but we're not quite ready to announce who our no. media partners are. Yet. Let's hold back. We'll hold back Let's on that. Let's embargo this until after the event. <laughs> I think we will be selling tickets um, on Wednesday night. Are we? Yeah, really? I think we're going to... Gonna I mean, that is an actual surprise to me. Yeah. I, so. I also didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, that's brilliant because we can't... You, the listeners won't have been no. able to tell. No. That's such, that <laughs> such is a comment on how strong you yeah. are at acting. Surprise <laughs> myself. Perfect. Yeah, we'll try and sell the tickets on Wednesday night and um, we'll be selling them at the event uh, and we'll also be selling them on Eventbrite, I guess, something like that. The details will go out on the Twitter. Right. This podcast should launch on the Wednesday as well. Mm. We're not a podcast. We're a radio, radio show. show. We are currently a radio show. We'll be doing the podcast on Wednesday. We need a new name for that, don't we? Marriottcast. Marriottcast. <laughs> Parco, if you've got any ideas of what we can call our podcast, please Prince let us know. Podcast. Prince of Podcast. <laughs> it doesn't say radio and podcast, though, does it? Like Rod. Does it? We, we want to kind of elimi- eliminate the podcast thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, make the GMAs invent another yeah. new category yeah. for us next year. Uh, so, yes, that's what we're doing. We hope to see you all there. We'll be charging for the tickets. If you don't want to pay to do Marioki, this Wednesday is your last chance to do that. So, uh, we will see you there. What should we do now? Uh, well, how much are we charging? A tenner? Are we? Don't we usually do a funny joke where we charge like seven pounds ten? I think we did that, and and then Eventbrite took all of our money. <laughs> <laughs> I made it really awkward to know what was going on. Yeah, so um, so I think we're going to be keeping it simple. Stupid. Where's the money going? <laughs> Ka-ching. Uh, we're going to be putting the money behind the bar and doing something stupid with it like hey. last year. So that's the plan. Uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. So to, just to explain that, uh, the ticket money goes into how, into the free drinks. It's just to guarantee that people free are coming. Drinks. Okay. We're not scamming you out. Although, how much you how much you we, you how much are you giving us to be on the show now? <laughs> One hundred bazillion. Yeah, good, 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 good. Reviews. This is One Life Left's weekly review segment where we look at the latest video games and assign a numerical value to them. Anne? Uh, I've been playing Sailor's Dream. What? Yes. It is a game of sorts. Uh, it's uh, by... How do you pronounce their name? Simogo. Simogo. Yes. Simogo. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's by them. They've made um, lovely games in the past. And I, uh, one of those I enjoyed before was Bumpy Road. Um this game uh, is more of a narrative exploration um, and an experience. Oh, it's one of those, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's a walking simulator. Well, yeah, but you don't really walk. You just sort of drift. Drifting simulator. It's a drifting simulator, um, but it's very good because it's on uh, iPad and iPhone. What and so are these people doing to my hobby? <laughs> I love video games. They're extending it and they're giving you new and exciting ways to... Oh, you must die. Oh, you're... <laughs> 
Well, I'll take that on board. Thank you. Uh, it's lovely. It's really, really beautiful. It's very, very atmospheric. Um, you're sort of getting a lot of different information about different characters um, in different ways. Um, but there is like uh, a bit in it which is um, songs and messages that you learn other stuff about. Uh, you learn other stuff about the story through. Um, but they only appear uh, like once a day or once every hour. And if you miss them, then they're gone. Um, so it's it's quite an interesting way. I feel like I've maybe missed out on a couple of things already. Um, and I don't know whether they come back. I assume they must do. They can't have infinite stuff. What, in actual real hours. time, like Animal Crossing? Yeah, uh, yeah. like in like every hour, apparently, like a new message will come mm. up. But maybe I've just not been playing on the hour. Mm. Um yeah, but it's it's really nice. I really like uh, what it's doing, the, like the atmosphere that it creates, um, the way that you're sort of learning about the story is interesting because it is you going to look for little snippets of information and stuff and um, finding out about the story and you really are exploring. So you're sort of like, uh, you're sliding yourself across the sea and entering um, all of these little uh, sort of islands, which are houses or boats or things like that. Um, and in there you're finding out um, about the story and about the characters that are in it um there's something that is slight it has a slight disconnect and i don't know if that's because this is a this is a really new way and i'm not i don't i'm not don't have the skills yet to uh get the most out of the story because it's it is a really new way of uh telling stories um but i find it super interesting and so i'm going to uh i do back what they are doing i think it's really nice and i would like to see more of this kind of stuff done because i think uh, as people learn how to tell stories in this way and make it more interactive uh, it'll be more interesting so i'm gonna give it seven out of ten maybe it is simogo mm. samogo samogo simogo simogo kotaku <laughs> Simon, what have you been playing? I've been playing, uh, also on iOS, I've been playing Framed, uh, which Ooh. is a puzzle game um, set within the confines of a comic book. Um, so uh, it tells, it's quite a stylish oh game. Oh my goodness, I played this! Right. Before it was even out! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I think I played it at uh, Eurogamer Expo. Right, on um, the iPad or on PC? On the iPad. Okay, because apparently it's won a few awards already. It's good. Yeah, well, uh, well, um, well, you're about to find out whether it's good, Anne. Okay, good. Because I'm about to tell you. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's this, it's a caper. Uh, you, you initially play as a man who is stealing a briefcase, and um, each level is a single screen. Um, of comic book panels and they act um, you push play and the panels tell the story line by line and um, if you get caught then you uh, the puzzle is paused and then you drag the frames of the comic book around to alter the sequence of events so um, it could be that um, on the first panel you're running from left to right and the second panel there is a policeman who's looking to the right um, and if you run past him he'll, he'll, he'll spot you and uh, and arrest you uh, but it might be that another panel has a ladder uh, that you can drag up so that before you hit the policeman you go up and then you, you sort of avoid his gaze um, yeah it's brilliantly done I think you know like um, you were saying about that uh, The Sailor's Dream which I have to say does sound boring um, you would hate it well, yeah and, and it, what's weird about it is I've come close to buying it as well so yeah, I don't know what, really what's going on really banging on about how good it is um is that it's using the hardware in a way that uh, no, no other games or no, no, no other medium could. Um, so, yeah, it's good. The comic book comes to life. It's quite funny. Um, the puzzles are reasonably limited. I'm onto the sort of second section at the moment. But actually, the enjoyment doesn't come from figuring out the solutions. It just comes from sort of watching it all come to life. So, yeah, uh, really nice. Um, deserved winner of whatever awards are on the splash screen. Seven out of ten, Anne. That's exactly why I'd have given it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Strong, John. Well, we've we've gone back to uh, to Monaco. Monaco, or Monaco was the last game we uh, that me and Kirsty played together. Or hide in that bush. No, not that bush. Now you're just getting shot, as it might have been called, rather than naming it after a country. I, s I suppose to be fair enough, the country in which it's set. Um, yeah, it's Monaco's left me with um, a Pavlovian response to French people. 
Every time I'm walking through the streets in London and somebody speaks, like whispers something in French, I panic and want to hide in a pot plant. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, you're, you're pulling up a heist, aren't you? And every, all the guards in it are, are French. Every time you hear you, you hear them whispering something, it's because they think they've heard you and they're, they're going to come after you. And a lot, of, a lot. It's not, it's not really like um, like a thief style stealth game where if you play it, you know, absolutely right, you should in theory like stay in the shadows all the time and no one, no one know you're even there. There's there's really no way to avoid, particularly if there's a bunch of you playing at the same time, being caught at some point, having a kind of race across the map to sort of chirpy music. Yeah, we also we also play with um, a friend called uh, Seb who is a bit of a Leroy and he likes to play the cleaner so he likes to be the heavy guy and he just charges in and oh, Seb. He's not aware of the pot plants at all. He's, he's upset when they come back to life as well. He's, yeah. he's only chloroforming them so when he gets up again he's, he has to go back and chloroform them again because that's not on. <laughs> Excellent. Um, seven out of ten. Okay. Solid seven out of ten. Solid seven seems fair. I've been playing The Binding of Isaac Reber. Have you? Like Henry Barnes. Does it make you want I've to be been a dad? playing it as well. Mm. I'll level with you guys. I don't get it. No. So did you play the Did you play the original Binding yep. of Isaac? Did you and did, and did you get that? Didn't get it no. now. Don't get it now. Yeah. Um, I hoped that I would find it more, you know, neater and better now it was on a joypad I was playing it rather than on my PC I don't enjoy it and I don't find the narrative as interesting as everyone else seems to Parco gave it a glowing review I saw I think he had a troubled childhood did he? that's the only answer do you think that's what that's the issue here yep. that I'm just fine <laughs> <Sorry. Mentally. laughs> if you if you don't enjoy the binding of Isaac basically <laughs> you're just fine you're, you, and if you do you should take a long hard look at yourself <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't find it satisfying in any respect. I find it a little bit... Uh, I don't find the controls very tight. Yeah. I don't think it's a very good uh, twin-stick shooter or, you know, it sits in that genre even though it's not strictly uh, that. I think the roguelike elements are interesting, but to me it reminds me of uh, Rogue Legacy, which is another game that everyone else loves and I don't. And I think Rogue Legacy is, is a very weak Castlevania game. Uh, if you stripped away the roguelike elements, you would be, you know, have, have a, a, a worse than mediocre uh, platformer. What, what, and instead, it's got these gimmicky, you know, uh, roguelike elements that sort of make it different. Binding of Isaac, those elements are better, and it is slightly interesting discovering the things. But I just don't en- enjoy the core core gameplay. Well, both of those games share um, an idea of. Uh evolution that is not scripted because mm. um, the Binding of Isaac is all about the abilities that you sort of accidentally pick up and he yeah. makes you more gr- grotesque yeah. or, or what have you and Rogue Legacy is like you know they are um, uh, they're your ancestors um, or your yeah, yeah. D- descendants so yeah I, I, I'm, I'm with you I played the Binding yeah I just I just, I just interestingly though both of those games are, are focused around boss fights as well and I've never enjoyed boss fights that's especially don't enjoy them here it takes away from the interesting elements for me perhaps they're just not for me um, I don't know either way I can't really give it as glowing praise as everyone else seems to be uh, I have to disagree with Parco and give this a 7 out of 10 Brother Android, it's called Wells Branch Park Evening. I don't think I said the earlier song uh, one was a bit... Was that the one that was a banger? Bit of a banger clock. Uh, that was fantastic, Mr. Lenix, Hoaxtown. All of the songs today have come from chipmusic.org. You should go there and explore. What did we make of the Monument Value issue this week? Oh, yeah, this is our wrap-up 
wrap-up point of the show where we just deal with all the other stuff that's happened. Uh, Simon, our intern, has said that we haven't missed anything. Oh, but, excellent. Uh, excellent. Apart from mon- the monument Apart value. from the monument value. Like, that's thing. the elephant in the room, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it is. But, you know, that's why he's an, he's an intern. He's okay. just learning okay. our craft. Uh, monument Valley, I thought it was a little bit dodgy. Um, apparently, they claimed that they were going to fill out the experience. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a bit and, dodgy, though. And instead they're filling it out as they're filling their pockets. <laughs> the other thing, of course, is that people were feeling sort of, wow, this is outrageous, but didn't they put a press release out after the first game saying that it made its money back in two hours? Right. Or something daft like that. And isn't this the company who has previous... It, well, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the company who did that rip-off of Joust with Sam Pepper. <laughs> yeah. And do, do, isn't Sam Pepper in more trouble now because he's been touching girls' oh, bottoms? Yeah. Has he? Yeah. yeah, but you can't blame them for that. And that's why you, no, it's what, that's, the girls? That's Monument you, Valley's fault. I wasn't blaming the girls. No, of course not. No, I'm saying you can't blame Don't other people for his actions. If they had not helped him, like... I'm not linking like... Monument Valley to the touching of girls' bottoms. I'm not doing that. But have you ever seen them in the same room? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I have an update for Monument Valley that says, New chapters, yeah. Forgotten Shores, yeah. available to purchase. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, Kirsten, John, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, we're going to see you on Wednesday, and obviously our listeners that, uh, are coming on Wednesday. We'll see you then. Um, but we can f- just remind us again where we can find your stuff on the internet. It's at um, www.drfulminari.com. Uh, and we're also on Twitter uh, at sidekickbooks. What's your go to karaoke song? Oh, um, either Boys of Summer or um, Perfect Gentleman by Wyclef Jean. Oh, and mine would be Gene Pitney's 24 Hours from Tulsa. Don't have any of those. No. <laughs> no. Do you have poems about them? No. I right, will well, now. Even then. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Right. Brilliant. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on the show and thank you guys for listening. We will see you on Wednesday or next week. Bye. 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 Bye.